You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com. Good morning, good morning, or good afternoon to you all, depending on where you happen to be at this very moment. But here, it is still morning in Southern California. You are live here on Pet Life Radio's only live call-in radio show, Ask the Vets with Dr. Jeff. I'm your host for the next 30 minutes, Dr. Jeff Werber, and we're here for you. We're here for your pets. Uh, we're here to answer questions. If you have any, a uh, couple of ways to join us. Number one, uh, you can just give us a, a call at 877-385-8882. Once again, 877-385-8882. You can reach me by live by just sending me a quick email to drjeff, that's Dr. Jeff, at PetLifeRadio.com. And also, if you go on to Pet Life Radio's website, click on the Ask the Vest with Dr. Jeff tab, you can go down to join the conversation, and there's going to be a Google Hangout address. It just click on it. It's a link, and you can actually be here live with you joining us live on camera, if your computers have a little camera. And if you even have your pet with you, you can actually pick up and show off your pet. We'd love to see it. So anyway, a number of ways to get a hold of us. And um, just as I said, anything you want to talk about pets, anything you're afraid to ask your veterinarian, any information you want to know, we will either answer you today, right now, live, or we will get you an answer, depending, of course, the other question and the pet involved. Hope you're doing well. Hope you had a good week. I'm sorry I missed it last week, but that cold going around, it didn't get me on the nose, but I had major laryngitis. I could not talk at all. And uh, a few days before, I was at the Global Pet Expo, as a matter of fact, as was the Pet Life radio producer, owner, whatever, Mark Winter, who was there. And um, so uh, also with Michelle Fern. So uh, a number of us were there at the show. And, uh, you know, what we are basically, it's a great show because it gives us an opportunity to see what is new. And I got to tell you, the, the, the expanded theme, if I could take everything that's out there, two things happen in this industry that I guess happen in every industry. Number one is consolidation. It's amazing how many companies, the big ones, buy up the smaller ones. So we're seeing a lot of, uh, you know, these large, huge booths of, of some big name players and within are a lot of little, little uh, manufacturers, little products that you've seen before and uh, that, that used to be on their own and now they aren't on their own anymore. And that's just, I guess, the nature of the business. And another thing that I really think is, is happening very quickly, and that is technology. There are some really cool stuff out there and many products I see on the market. I, I noticed this a few weeks earlier at the veterinary show when I was in Las Vegas at the, veterinary, the Western Veterinary Conference. I started seeing it there. And now there are several companies, and I'm talking some big players in the marketplace, that are joining in on the high-tech devices for our pets, kind of like the Fitbits. I mean, now there are things that your pets, first of all, you can monitor your pets. There are GoPros for pets. If you want to see what your pet's doing during the day, there's a little setup that you put a, a GoPro harness on them, and you can just log on and see where he's going, what he's doing. Uh, it's a panic. You can have, there's a, a cool little camera that you can put in the middle of a room and it is rotates 360 degrees. And again, you can just kind of watch your pet's movement, see what's going on. There are devices that are like activity monitors. And it used to be, you know, like some really good stuff out there, like the whistle, for example, that you could uh, just kind of monitor and track activity. Now there are devices out there that can track heart rate, respiration rate, heart rate variability, obviously activity like moving around, running, jumping, eating, scratching. I mean, 
It's unbelievable. And the information can be sent to you at home. All of a sudden, you get an alert on your phone and say something like, oh, my God, we see that Bowser has been sitting around uh, for quite a while. You know, We always say this was great because even before the GoPro camera idea, let's say you're paying somebody to come over to your house and walk your dog. And you know from one to three, this dog is supposed to be on a hike somewhere because this person advertises that they take him, oh, to the beach or to the great park and running around. So you kind of want to just see how your dog is doing. So what do you do? You log on with your phone and you see you see activity, flat line. The dog is just lying down somewhere sleeping. Meanwhile, you're paying somebody to walk your dog or go to the park and run and play you know, frisbee or tennis ball. And your dog is just stone out cold. So it was a, sort of a, a great way to really monitor. But you know, now we know this is a really good time of year because it's springtime. And spring has sprung, as they say. We are getting a lot of animals that kind of are trying to get out there now and take off those few extra pounds that they put on during the winter. And guess what? We need to know what's going on with them. So uh, also, that's uh, something that's a good thing to have. So uh, technology was, I would say, oh, companies like Motorola, they've never been in the pet business before. And now they're joining the pet business. Whistle was sold to Mars. That's right. So Mars is no longer candy. It is now the number one pet food manufacturing company in the world, owning some very large name brands, Royal Canin, Nutro, Iams, Yukonuba, even, of course, their standards, you know, like Caesar and like Waltham and Calcan and Whiskas. So these are all big players in the market. And uh, so this is all one company now. So we're just seeing just a lot of consolidation. But it was amazing to see the place was packed solid. The the exhibit hall is so big. And I'm used to the veterinary shows, and they're pretty big, too. I mean, the North American Veterinary Conference in Orlando every January and the Western Veterinary Conference we just had, they are the largest. They, They get a lot of people. But this pet show was truly unbelievable. It was good to see the pet business is thriving, is alive. And uh, there's a lot of good stuff up there. So great ways to keep your pets healthy and happy and to maintain that relationship with your pets. And to me, that's one of the most important things. Before we get going, because we've had, uh, well, I was two weeks ago, I was gone and then last week was sick. So I wanted to go over a um, some things we talked about. You know, I like to comb. There's, there's a couple of websites that have a lot of good new stuff. Oh, by the way, first, I want to thank our sponsors for being here, ProSense Pet Products. We have the Comfortis people. We have the Save This Life Microchip. We have Kong, Kong Veterinary Products. So there are companies out there that really want to support us for being here. Elenco Lilly with the makers of Comfortis, as I said. And we have a couple of new players that have been very interested talking to us. So uh, that's great because that'll just help us be here, stay here longer. Maybe at some point have enough sponsorships to maybe make the show an hour. Uh, certainly, you know me, I could easily talk for an hour. So so uh, anyway, but we need you to call in. We want you to call in. Let us know you're listening. Let us know you're there. Uh, you know, interestingly, as you can imagine, that when these advertisers are looking, they want to see what type of reach we have. And the best way to show them that we have the reach to keep us here on the air for you is to have you listen, have you write in, have you call in, join us live. When they see that, they're more likely and more willing to help support us. So keep that in mind. No pressure. But yeah, really, I am pressuring you. You you want to get a hold of us, once again, 877-385-8882, or join us on uh, Google Hangouts. Just log on live to Pet Life Radio, click on Ask the Vet with Dr. Jeff, and you can see how easy it is to join us here. Anyway, a couple of stories. You know, I, I'm going to get to some emails today, too. Again, I've been a little neglectful. I have them copied. We're going to go through them. But a couple of things. First of all, speaking of technology, they've developed, one of the universities has developed a little tiny camera that they actually have horses, they're doing this with horses, swallow, 
and they can actually trace and view the path from the esophagus to the stomach into the intestines all the way through. And I'm sure you've heard of what many of you I'm sure know that horses get something called colic. What is going on physiologically? Where is the problem starting? Where is it taking place? What does the inside of the tract of the intestinal tract look like? And what can we do to help it? And that's what this little camera does. And they follow it all the way through. It uh, comes out, obviously, the other end. And I think that is just amazing technology. One thing I know many of you are going to happy to hear, I certainly am as well, and that is that SeaWorld is now, interestingly, they're putting an end to its orca breeding program. There are 24 orcas left in the SeaWorld family. Those are the last ones. They obviously cannot be released into the oceans because they probably would not survive. But now their focus is going to be on enrichment, exercise, and wellness. So they will no longer be breeding these magnificent whales. And uh, so all I'm sure you've seen the movie, but it's very tough on them. There's a lot of research how keeping them in captivity is not in their best interest. And now they're going to be changing their tune as to what their SeaWorld is going to be all about. It's more going to be, once again, about enrichment, about wellness, and they're going to be exercise, etc. studying more about them. Other stories I saw, this is also really cool. This is happening in human medicine, and, and often we parallel when it comes to this type of research on the veterinary world and the human world, and that is the study of DNA and the immune system when it comes to cancer. And I remember years ago, one of my mentors when I was in vet school was double-boarded. She was boarded in internal medicine, and then also the subset of internal medicine of oncology. Then just to increase her aptitude for these subjects, after she finished with her DVM, her double boarded residencies, she then went to Stanford for a PhD in comparative oncology. And one of the comments she made to me was that what she learned most in her PhD program is how little we know about cancer and its treatment, and that she thought the future is going to be in the immunoregulation of cancer, meaning the body will be taking care of itself. And that's the most important thing. So uh, the study in Australia, they're finding some new cancer drugs that will suppress what we call the T regulatory cells. So that means the effector cells, which are the cells that are usually keeping the regulatory cells keep the effector cells in check. Without them, the effector cells are basically free to go hog wild. And what do they do? They target the foreign invaders, in which case the cancer cells. So basically, by allowing the effector cells to do their job more readily, they are fighting off the cancer cells by themselves. So they are killing off the cancer cells. And that's something that we're hoping to see a lot of promise. Oh, this is really sad. And I know this is going to upset many of you because it upset me. And that is that there was a horse that was found abandoned in a stall. It was an older horse, very much older. And she was bombarded with paintball pellets. She was covered in them. So some kids thought it would be, oh, how fun would it be to look at this horse and start blasting with paintballs over 130 times that did she have. And she was very sick. One of them blinded her. The other eye was very badly irritated. But fortunately, the veterinarians at the University of Pennsylvania, this horse was taken in, and they're nursing her back into shape. But I can't even imagine the stupidity, the viciousness of kids that have no regard for life and blasting this poor horse who couldn't even run away because she was stuck in a stall with paintball guns. So that's really bad. Anyway, I want to take a quick break here. Don't go away. We're here with live with Dr. Jeff here on Pet Life Radio's Ask the Vets, and we'll be back in just a few to go over some emails. Don't go away. 
We'll be right back, right after these messages. Stay tuned. I'm home. My hair looks cute. Now what? Bringing home a puppy or new dog is exciting, and he's depending on you to keep him in good health. Dogs need special care to keep them healthy as they grow throughout their entire life. Caring for their health is critical in all stages. With ProSense, it's simple and convenient to give your dog the care it needs with effective and quality products that treat, prevent, and provide essential daily vitamins and minerals. ProSense products are veterinary formulated and recommended to ensure the very best for your pet. Try ProSense today. Your dog will thank you for it. Pets love life. Love them back with ProSense. Yuppie Puppy City Kitty provides pet lovers an opportunity to earn up to 50% commission selling our premium pet products. Advocate Gina Brick says the opportunity to share such a quality product line with other pet lovers is amazing. The support of the Yuppie Puppy City Kitty family while working the business is a true gift. Mention special code PETLIFE when you enroll today and receive three additional products free. Find us at www.ypckpets.com. That's ypckpets.com. It's designerpetsweaters.com. Hand-knitted designer sweaters for your precious pup or cool cat. Beautiful couture patterns for your pets, including custom-knitted formal wear, casual wear, yachting, and even sports-themed. Many designer pet sweaters include feathered tammy hats, top hats, and a lot of sparkle. Each sweater includes leg loops, front paw sleeves, and leash opening. Visit designerpetsweaters.com to order your four-legged fashions today. Large or small, we fit them all. Designerpetsweaters.com Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com And welcome back. You're here live with Dr. Jeff Werber here on Pet Life Radio's Ask the Best with Dr. Jeff. Um, I saw actually on the break, I uh, two more blurbs from the Smart Brief from the American Veterinary Medical Association, which I thought were really cool. Number one, in Chicago, Chicago's Rush Hospital, they started a program not for patients, but for the doctors and the nurses bringing in therapy dogs. They call it the four-legged healers. And basically, they found that they bring these animals in. There's a place where the employees, the doctors, the nurses can go chill on their breaks and have their coffee and sit and pet and play with dogs. And it definitely shows that it soothes distressed hospitals, nurses, and doctors. Makes work for them more enjoyable when they get back on their shifts, lowers their blood pressure, they're more relaxed. So that's really good. So we talk about therapy dogs. Anyone who has pets knows this already, but it's great that even a major Chicago hospital has picked up on this as well. I think that's really cool. And secondly, which I found very interesting, kind of sad because I love the breed, but the Morris Animal Foundation was doing a study, a genetic study again, going back to genes on the golden retrievers. And they found that sadly, 60% of golden retrievers will succumb to some form of cancer. I mean, they are approaching the boxer as one of the, the biggest cancer dogs. But it's also very interesting by doing other studies. And this surprised me. They also show, they've shown, the study has shown that pure breed dogs aren't necessarily more prone to diseases than the mixed breeds. And we always used to think that. We always say, you know, when you have it coming from both sides, the likelihood is greater. And they're finding that's not the case. And I'll tell you the one thing that, that I could see why this might be so. When 
hybrids, the hybrid dogs, which are the wolves that were mixed with, with canines, with domestic breeds, like uh, the Malamutes, the Huskies, the Shepherds. They always used to say, people would always tell me, oh yeah, but he's only like an eighth wolf. But a good friend of mine who's, who knows wolves, he's studied wolves, he told me something very interesting. You have a gene, let's say for aggression, because that's obviously the big fear. And you have a gene for major aggression that's on the mom's side and one's on the dad's side. The dad's the one that's major aggression, and that goes to the offspring. That's the gene that is picked up. So even though this offspring has only 50% potentially of the genetic information from dad, that particular gene, it's 100%. So now, now you take that offspring, it's a wolf, and you would breed it to a husky or, a or whatever domesticated dog. If you follow, if you can mark that one gene and follow it through, when it gets inherited, it's not necessarily diluted, depending on the gene, of course, and how many of genes make up that one behavior trait. But that full gene can potentially pass on to subsequent generations, meaning that even though on the large scale, only an eighth of the genetic information is coming from that great, great, great grandparent, it doesn't make a difference because of that particular trait, it's 100%. So using that same logic, I could see why if a mixed breed may, if any gene is going to come, like a cancer gene coming from a grandparent or great grandparent or great great grandparent it's possible that that dog is getting the entire gene even though in the grand scheme of things it's only an eighth of the genetic material so you have to keep that in mind as we think about that anyway i wanted to just take a brief minute because i promised this in the past so we've had a couple of emails have come in and one is hi listening to you again as they do every week our cocker almost a year old goes outside sniffs around for 10 minutes comes in and no more than two minutes later wants to go back out and finally does his business. How do we stop this multiple going out within snow? And then now we have rain. It's double muddy paws. So this is interesting. A lot of times dogs will go out and they're confusing bathroom with play. And sometimes that's our fault because what happens is when we are trying to train, house train a pet and we're going to take them out, this is business. So you, you can't really pay attention to them. You can't have the ball with you. You can't have the frisbee. It is literally walking into strictly business. And what I would advise is don't come in after 10 minutes. Wait until you can maybe come just to the front porch, sit for a second, and then go back out again. So you're not coming back in the house and two minutes later, he wants to go out. He doesn't get to come back in until he does his business. Now, one thing you can try, it is a year old dog. It is a Cocker Spaniel. Cockers sometimes can be a little challenging. If he, you, let's say you're out there, not 10, let's say you're 20 minutes and still doesn't want to do anything. When you come back in, Make sure that you do not have to give him access to the house. No playtime. Put him in a crate. Maybe leave a crate at the front door and then put him in his crate. And then he's not going to want to be there, of course. So don't wait for him to want to come out. Wait about 60 seconds, 120 seconds, and then take him back out again. And when he goes out and hopefully does his business this time, you give him tons of praise, hugs, kisses, maybe a little bit of a, a food reward. And now when he comes back in, wipe his feet and let him have the run of the house. He will start learning that his ticket to have the house is only after he actually does his business outside and try to, to make uh, some distinction between bathroom walks and just exercise, fun, playtime, bonding walks. It might be a training collar. It might be a harness. Whatever it is, make sure that there's a little bit of a difference. Make sure maybe even when he sees the ball, he knows he's coming from play. When he doesn't see the ball, he's not. Whatever it may be, and try to make a differentiation. And let us know how that works. Secondly, hi, Dr. Jeff. Really enjoy your show. It's wondering what your thoughts are about raw diet for a new puppy 
How would you transition into a kibble diet? Concerned about bacteria and such. This would be new to us. The reader suggested. Thank you. And this is from Francis. Francis, I agree with you. I am not a huge fan of raw. I think that in order for raw to be safe, there's got to be some process, some step in the process to kill bacteria, whether it's a flash freeze, whether it's you can't pasteurize it because then it's not raw anymore. That involves major, major high cooking to high temperatures. So the answer is if, if there is a raw diet that has gone through some process to eliminate the bacteria and it's safe, then it's fine. And, and arguably that, yes, a lot of the bacteria that these meats might have are going to be taken care of by the animal's flora. But it always bothers me to hear someone telling me, well, come on, doc, but in the wild they ate raw, they would tear a carcass apart and chew it up and they weren't getting sick. Well, first of all, we don't know how sick they were getting. Secondly, that digestive tract of the ancestor that got its food via eating raw meats, the flora in that digestive tract is not the same as in our domesticated dogs through hundreds, maybe thousands of generations. So you have to understand it's not the same. So what was good for an ancestor isn't necessarily good for the current domesticated dog. Things have changed through evolution and we have created an environment through what we feed our pets that evolutionarily they are different the digestive tracts are different, so we can't automatically assume that it's going to be fine. So what I would do, Francis, is that if you want to you know, find a – speak to your veterinarian and don't go to a pet store and listen to the advice of a 17-year-old high school senior who is working part-time after school to tell you what the best food is or what to look for. Speak to your veterinarian. Go onto a site that is managed by board-certified veterinary nutritionists. I know UC Davis has one. I'm sure a lot of the veterinary schools have one. And find out what would be some good options. Understand, there is no the best food on the market. One more time. There is not one the best food on the market. So don't kid yourself. Don't let anybody tell you that, oh my God, this is the best. Because I guarantee you, you go online, you do some research, and even the best, though it might be great for 90% of the pets, there's going to be 10% out there where it's not so great. Again, there are differences in the digestive tracts. So you can find a good kibble, whether you want to find something that's name brand uh, at a pet store, name brand at a supermarket where it might be easier and more convenient for you, maybe less expensive. There are good foods in both places. You're looking for food that, first of all, your pet likes. Secondly, gives them lots of energy, a nice shiny coat, firm stool, etc., and just to look forward to when you're making a switch, it's got to be done gradually. So it might take, oh, as much as two weeks to, or even longer to transition from one food, food A to food B, and just you slowly, gradually decrease food A as you're introducing food B until you get to the point where you can be 100% food B. So um, go, go for that if you have any questions. Again, speak to your veterinarian. Uh, do some more research on raw, raw diets. There are some good ones out there. Don't get me wrong. But people ask me all the time, Doc, should I try this new food? My answer is this. I ask the same questions. Does your dog like what he's eating? Yep. Does he have good stools? Yep. Does he have lots of energy? Yep. Does he have a nice shiny coat? Yep. Well, then don't change. If it ain't broke, don't fix it unless there's some physiologic metabolic problem that you have to deal with. Don't run to switch foods just because there's a new one out there. Lastly, this is interesting. How do I get vet grade cannabis oil for my dog, Elsie, who's been diagnosed with a tumor in her liver that has metastasized? I'm in Montana. Any help would be appreciated. First of all, I will tell you, this is from Denny. Denny, I'll tell you that there are a lot of papers out there. There's a, a lot of research. You should maybe check in with some stuff, work that's being done right now in Colorado at Colorado State University of the, the benefits of some cannabis oil and cannabidiol, preferably 
limited volumes of THC or preferably none, but there is work out there that is showing some benefits. Unfortunately, in a lot of states where marijuana is still illegal, research can't be done. So most of the research has to come from universities that are in states where marijuana is legal. We're going to be finding a lot more. I can only tell you that empirically, I have a colleague here who is a naturopath, a homeopathic DVM, a veterinarian, that has recommended and used it on some of his patients and has gotten tremendous success. So there are, if you go online, you will definitely find, in fact, as an example, at the pet show that I just came back from, at the Global Pet Expo in Orlando, there were two booths that were promoting, selling cannabis. One was actually a, a spot on, so there was no way of it being ingested. The second was a in treats, and it was cannabis, cannabis oil, and that would be what I'd recommend. So it is available out there. You got to find it. If you're, I don't know what, if it's illegal, still unlawful in Montana, then like it here is here in California, I can't tell you where to get it because I don't know. But also you might find somebody who might have a card for medical marijuana. That is something that's, for example, here in California is okay and get some cannabis oil from that person. But I would definitely promote and recommend you to give it a try, follow instructions, talk to a veterinarian who, who has used it so you get proper dosing. The biggest issue is that we don't know exactly all the toxicity. So it's very hard for me to tell you or advise you in any way, shape or form what an appropriate dose would be. And we can't really learn that until we really know how toxic or what the toxic levels are. I will tell you, however, that the only two deaths from the ingestion of marijuana has come from what they call pot butter, which is extremely concentrated. And understand that most of the problems that we see are because of volume ingested at one time, as opposed to the overall use. So, you know, again, if someone were to eat a pot brownie or a pot cookie or, uh, or a muffin, they're not gobbling six of them down in one bite. But if that dog gets a hold of the plate, Yes, they are. And that's why we're seeing toxicity. So even according to one of my colleagues, I mentioned, who has recommended it, used it in his practice, even THC, if used properly in very small amounts, dosed properly, can be used safely. So there's a lot of work that still needs to be done. Unfortunately, no one really has the answers yet. It's being worked on. And so for now, I can only say you have to do your own homework because we, the veterinary community, especially coming from California, we can't recommend it. So I, I never have personally. So I don't know what to tell you. But there is plenty of information out there. I did a uh, report uh, a couple of weeks ago on Inside Edition. I was able to find a lot of information. And also, as I said, you can get there are two research currently at Colorado State University that are studying this right now. And uh, that also might be a, uh, a way to get some more information. So anyway, good luck to you. And please let us know if you're able I certainly wish you the best with Elsie, and uh, hopefully she hangs in there as long as she can. Anyway, thanks for joining me here on Ask the Vets with uh, Dr. Jeff here on Pet Life Radio. Once again, thanks to our many sponsors from Comportis, uh, which is Alenco Lily, to, to uh, Kong Veterinary Products, ProSense, Save This Life Microchip, uh, et cetera, et cetera. And um, we hope to uh, have you back here next week. I think we may have a live guest with us next week. I'm working on it. So until then, have a wonderful week and uh, stay tuned. And also, there are a lot of other great shows here on Pet Life Radio. So when you have a chance, just uh, you're sitting around, uh, log on to Pet Life Radio, listen in, hear some great stuff. Uh, hope all is well. Have a great week. We'll see you here next week. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.